Hello everyone, welcome to the next episode and today we have a very special episode because today is my one of the best friends, my childhood buddy, Dr. Fahad Sikandar Khan has joined us from Tokyo, Japan. So welcome to the show, Fahad. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum, Sharik. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on, uh, as our guest today. Uh, this is the first time that you are a guest. We have known each other since childhood uh, as, a, as good friends. But the topic today is very interesting for many of the people and even for me because we know that Japan is a superpower and it has it, it is one of the most developed countries of the world. But uh, me personally have never been to Japan and don't know much about it. I'm sure most of the viewers also don't know much about Japan, its culture, its history. And also many students will be interested uh, to know about higher education in Japan. So you did your master's in Japan, you did your PhD in Japan. Uh, so we will talk about that on, in the show. First, tell me, how did you land up in Japan? Well, uh, you know the first 22 years of my life because we were together ever since childhood. We used to play a lot of games. We, was, we were school fellows in Islamabad and we, we had the same university as well. After graduating uh, from electrical engineering, I always wanted to be a scientist. Mm -hmm. So my the first job I landed was actually not, it had nothing to do with science, uh, but uh, it was my first job right after graduating. I became a network support engineer in a, in a private company here. Uh, but I always wanted to shift to the academic field. And so the, as, as soon as I got the first opportunity, there was an opening in Comsats University. I applied for it and I, I I became the research associate in electrical engineering department in Comsats, mm -hmm. uh, campus. So, but but I mean, since uh, anybody who has to follow the academic field has to have a PhD and a master's, uh, so I started applying for scholarships. Uh, my father, as you know, is also a graduate of the University of Tokyo, so mm -hmm. he did a bachelor's and master's from there. So I had this connection with 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 Tokyo, with Japan, um, and my family. I mean, I could speak a few few words in Japanese even before I had been there. Then uh, oh, during Comsats, during uh, the one and a half year that I worked in Comsats, uh, we I was selected for a program uh, by the name of Genesis. So there were 16 people who were selected for Genesis program from South Asia, two from Pakistan. So I was one of them. And I got to spend about three weeks in, in, in Japan, in different cities of Japan. So we used to, I mean, they took us, it was a government sponsored, Japanese government sponsored program. Uh, so the 16 of us from South Asia were taken to different universities. I went to the you know, alma mater of my father, University of Tokyo, which is the highest ranked university in Asia, one of the highest ranked in the world. Um, we went to different research centers, different places. So in those 2021 20, days, I started to, you know, I, I left Japan and my experience was great. Okay. Okay. Was very Can you tell about this scholarship or some kind of a program for three weeks, for three months? How long was this? It was, it was for three weeks. So there was a program, uh, the, the government of Japan has many such programs. Uh, mm -hmm. There was one by the name of Genesis. Um, and uh, it was sponsored by the, I mean, it was conducted by the embassy of Japan. Okay. So it was meant only for South Asian countries. And mm -hmm. uh, 16 people were selected from South Asia after uh, every six months. Okay. And uh, they were given a tour of, of Japan. So we went to Tokyo, we went to Kyoto, we went to Hamamatsu. Uh, mm -hmm. We went to different research centers over there. We went to different universities over there. We interacted with the people. We met the, the general people. Uh, there were sightseeing tours. So uh, you, you got to have a feel. Uh, I mean, you, you got to experience Japan, the Japanese people, their research centers, their universities. Okay. So I think that was the, 
um, that was the pivotal point at which I decided that I'm, I'm going to come to Japan. So that was one major reason. So uh, second, of course, and your father was also a graduate from University of Tokyo. So these were some of the reasons um, to go to Japan. Because when I look around uh, in my circle, I, I see very less people who, who go to Japan. Is that they have very less scholarships? Or what can be the reasons that people don't go so often to Japan for higher study? Well, I think there are two major reasons. One is that it's not an English-speaking country, number one. Number two, the Pakistani diaspora in, in Japan is very limited. So I think there are a total of about 10,000 Pakistanis. I mean, compare that to, to England or to North America, to US, to Canada, everybody over here has one relative somewhere in US or Canada or you know Europe. So I think that's one major reason because not a lot of people have anything to do with Japan. And secondly, uh, there's a language barrier. Also, is the impression that you know without uh, learning Japanese, you can't uh, live there. I lived so there for so many I, years. I want to just uh, interrupt here. So when we talk about language barrier, so for example, with Germany or Italy or France, these countries also they don't speak English that much. Uh, so they have a language barrier also. But the international master's program are in English language. So I assume that you also study in an English language, right? Yes, I, I mean, I can hardly speak, speak Japanese, but I'm surviving here for so many years. <laughs> yeah, so so, yes. so what what can be the reason that in Germany, a lot of people are coming for higher education, but not going to Japan? Is the fee too high or what can be the reason? No, actually, the Japanese universities uh, almost have no fee. So public universities have almost no fee and private universities are, uh, well, they have fees, but I think they, they can be compared to even a private university here in Pakistan. Uh, okay. So the fees not should not be affected, but I think it's a general perception of people in Pakistan because not a lot of people go there. So the impression is that probably they don't have a, a lot of international programs. So that's mm -hmm. one aspect. The second is that uh, they have started to internationalize over the last 20 years. So before that, there were not a lot of English programs. It was very difficult to survive uh, without knowing the language. Mm -hmm. But uh, over the last 10, 20 years, they have made, the government of Japan has made a conscious effort to kind of shift uh, towards more internationalization, to have more foreign researchers, foreign professors, foreign students, foreigners, tourists, which is good for their economy as well. Um, so these are some factors why they are sh now shifting towards internationalizing the academic programs. And they are now, I mean, I studied in an English program. So it means that there was also an awareness that people did not know that there are many programs there. So now it's a good opportunity for all the young people who are graduating from Asia, from Pakistan, India, or other countries, so they can also apply there for master studies. Um, so what about the fees? So you said the public universities have almost no fees, right? Yes, they have no fees. I think um, I believe it's about three hundred thousand yen per per year, I guess. So that mm -hmm. translates to about 450,000 rupees. That's mm -hmm. not a lot for an entire year, you, entire year. You get to study in one of the best universities of the world. Okay. And uh, you only have to pay 400,000 rupees if you are self-financed. OK, so something about the motivation, for example. So Anuja is asking when someone comes back to Pakistan, how, is, how, how difficult it is to find a job after PhD from Japan in Pakistan? Well, if, well, in Pakistan, if you come back with a PhD, you don't have a lot of options. So I think it's only the uh, universities that are left. There's no industry. Can, I mean, there are not a lot of industrial opportunities for PhD, PhDs in general. So I mean, uh, like developed countries where PhDs can get placements in any company which is doing R&D research and development. In Pakistan, you're only uh, confined to universities and academic sector. 
and uh, i think people living in pakistan are, are better able to know how things are going on in pakistan in the economic sector <laughs> okay. so uh, when we, for the viewers who joined late so fahad is also my childhood friend we, we went to the Mont- we went to montessori together we went to school together our moms were teacher in the same school and we were living in the same street and we grew up together but now with the passage of time it maybe in last 10 years we have met once or twice hardly <laughs> so it's we on we are in the other parts of the world so first of all tell me like when we were young actually you student you, you always liked to write sort of uh, you write articles and you wanted to be a scientist you don't want not want to be an engineer how did you end up in a in engineering because you wanted to do phd in physics when i was i remember our teenage time yeah so actually when i finished my a levels um i had to make the decision whether i should do a bs in physics or, or in engineering but I, i it was my personal opinion that in uh, keeping in view the general perception in pakistan i think it was it was important to do your engineering rather than science uh, in your bachelor's which is uh, engineering is a professional degree that's number one number two i mean when you're doing research it doesn't really matter which department you're in you can still um do what you want to do uh, it becomes quite overlapped when you're doing your masters and your phd departments in general do not matter much it's your research field it's your lab it's your professor is uh, research focus that matters more so that was my um, uh, viewpoint when i mm-hmm. when i did my thing okay. as you know in my final year project i was working with cern the, for the large hadron collider in switzerland uh, i did my one year program in the national center for physics in, in islamabad in kazan university which was working for for cern so it was related to physics and it was related to engineering physics basically um so that's how i did my um, i mean i tr- tried to merge my my interest and my degree together okay so actually i have a lot of questions in regarding this but first we will move to the hot topic because many of the students want to know that if they are doing bachelors from pakistan india bangladesh asia uh, so if they want to apply to japan so from where they should start what are the opportunities there how many cities are there how many uh, universities are there and are there fees tuition fees are high or less you said state universities are free how much are the chances especially people ask if you have a gpa slightly less so what are the factors that are important and then also i want to ask about once you graduate after masters so what are the opportunities to stay in japan work in japan uh, so in general let's start from here so if there is a young student what will you suggest regarding japan yeah so i think it's a great place to be uh, you learn a lot now um, if you go step wise number one how can you get there as i said earlier that the fees are not as high i mean compared to even a private university in pakistan the fees are similar so that's not quite a big deal in that sense uh, public universities i think it's about 300000 yen per year and even if you i mean if you're self financing you can apply for aid of for grants and i don't think it's very difficult to to get those grants and aids uh, 300000 yen translates into something like 450000 rupees per year which is mm-hmm. not that high comparatively speaking yes that's a point private universities are slightly more expensive but still i mean they are not as high as in us or england that's number one number two uh, since uh, as i mentioned earlier that they are trying to inter- internationalize so they offer a lot of scholarships now okay first i'll talk about the state sponsored scholarships the scholarships okay. that are offered by the government of japan 
Now uh, they have a uh, the, so the, the scholarship uh, by Japan uh, by the Japanese government is known as MEXT. Uh, it stands for Ministry of Education, Science, and Technology Scholarships. Okay. Uh, for Pakistan, uh, they have about eleven scholarships a year, eleven scholarships a year for graduate students. So you, uh, so it's a competitive prof. Uh, eleven uh, is actually too less. <laughs> it's very I know uh, that is true. Eleven is too less for a country as big as Pakistan. So it's much more competitive. I was a Mex scholar. So I went through the entire process. You first have to apply, then you have to give an interview. You have to give it a written exam, then you have to give an interview, and then eleven are selected. Um, of course, it's comparatively much more difficult. You have to be, you know, have a certain threshold of academic progress. So this is one option you said. Yeah. That is uh, that is one option. That is for graduate students. Now, MEXT has also started undergraduate scholarships. Uh, okay. There was a hiatus. There was a break in which they uh, didn't give a bachelor scholarships. My father, back in 1960s, got this uh, scholarship, MEXT scholarship, for his bachelor's program. Mm -hmm. uh, but then there was a long break in which they were not offering uh, scholarship for bachelor students. But they have again started to do so. So, but again, the the number of seats are limited. So it becomes more competitive, more uh, difficult in general. Mm -hmm. But yes, you have an option. Uh, the second way to finance your studies is, of course, um, private scholarships. Now, that depends on the universities. Japan has about 26 prefectures. Prefecture is, um, is an administrative unit uh, smaller than a province in Pakistan, but larger than a district. So the, the, they are subdivided into 26 uh, regions, administratively mm -hmm. speaking. We call it prefecture. So they have about 26 prefectures and about 1,000 universities. Uh, many of the highest ranked universities of the world are based in, uh, in, in Japan. Uh, university of Tokyo is the uh, highest ranked university. Then there's Kyoto University, Osaka University, Tokyo Institute of Technology, etc. Mm -hmm. So there are many good schools, many good universities where many faculty members have won Nobel Prizes. Uh, so there are good programs, good funding, and I think more opportunities for uh, bright students right now uh, because uh, international they're trying to internationalize, but I think compared to U.S., there's less competition here. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are private scholarships. One has to um, that is the, the private scholarship is about is, is a difficult to is, is a bit difficult to to explain because. Um, you have to find out the university and you have to talk to the professor you want to go to uh, to get those scholarships. I know of an Asia Pacific University, APU, which is in, based in south of Japan. They, that university itself offers bachelor's programs and the bachelor's programs are in English. Okay. So uh, previously uh, in Japan, all the bachelor programs used to be in Japanese. But now I think all the major universities have started to offer programs in English. Okay. University of Tokyo, I think, has 30 programs now that they offer in English, uh, bachelor's programs. So, the so we have bachelor's programs in English, master's programs in English. Uh, we have some scholarships, you said, in Japan, but uh, they are very less. But uh, even without scholarships, yeah. even, yeah. So even without scholarships, uh, the fees is very less, you said. So somebody who did not, could not uh, get a scholarship, you know, but still he can come Japan and survive on his own, like are there on also possibilities of some part-time jobs or language is a big problem there. You cannot do a part-time job there. Like for example, if you said the fees is very less in the state university, if someone just does not get a scholarship, still he can come, right? Absolutely. So does he need some kind of a security bank statement, block statement, something like this? Or? 
Yeah, naturally, I mean, if you're coming on self-finance, then the embassy or the government of Japan or the immigration department needs to be shown certain uh, bank statement. But I think, uh, relatively speaking, um, those are not as high as in England or in US, the, the amount of money that you require. That's one aspect. Number two, I want to clarify, because you said there are very few scholarships. There are few state-sponsored scholarships. Okay. So there are 11 max scholarships for graduate students, I think two or three for bachelor students. Yes, uh, for Pakistan. For India, there are much more. For Bangladesh, I think there they have about 100, uh, 100 in for graduate program and 100 more than 100 for technical programs, okay. vocational programs. So it, it depends on the on on the country. Uh, that's one thing. Number two, private scholarships. Of course, one has to find them on their own. Yes, there are many available, and uh, even I mean, so partial scholarships I think are very easy to find, in which you I mean your tuition fee is waived off, but you can't of course survive. Uh, you'll have to you know make money so you talked about um, uh, part-time uh, jobs yes uh, yes so the biggest uh, barrier to getting a part-time job is the language so i recommend for anybody who wants to go and study in japan it's i think uh, japanese learning um, uh, program or J japanese learning school schools are now i mean quite a number in every country. I mean, in Pakistan, there's Namal University, there's a university in Karachi, there, there are many schools that are offering Japanese learning mm -hmm. programs. So I rec strongly recommend that, if, especially if you're going on uh, for on self-finance, you should learn uh, at least basic uh, Japanese language. Once you have learned just conversation level Japanese, then job is not a problem. Jobs are not a problem in Japan because their population is decreasing. So by 2065, the Japanese population right now is about 120 million, and they're forecasting that it's going to get reduced to about 80 million. So there is a huge manpower human resource issue in Japan, and the government is aware of it. And that's why they want to uh, rectify the situation and you know um, bring in more uh, people from, uh, from developing countries for them to live here. So uh, A, there are a lot of part-time jobs and full-time jobs available in Japan. You just need to know the language. Okay. They're actually promoting uh, foreigners to come and live in the country because okay. this is okay. a catastrophic situation for Japan. It's one of the two or three countries where the population is decreasing. So this is very important. <laughs> talk about it, yes. Yeah. So so uh, part-time job is not an issue. And my only recommendation is that you should have conversational level Japanese uh, ability when you arrive in Japan. Okay. So it means these are all very, very positive things. So you said there are, there are scholarships, even if without scholarship, one can survive by showing some bank statement, which is much less compared to uh, UK and US. US. And the fees is also much less than UK and US. Uh, and then as there, there, is are of, there is less human resource, so you can find part-time jobs with basic language level. So these are all very positive things and it's all about awareness that we are trying to give here to the young students uh, so that they can apply to Japan. So I remember some years ago when I talked to you and you mentioned this problem that there is a huge lack of uh, human resource. There are very less people and, and there is that's why people are working so hard and there is no social life. Men, men and women all are working from morning till nights. And, and the children are also ignored. And now maybe they started opening up a little bit. Tell us about the life, life and work ethics of Japan. How is the daily life there? Is it very, very... Yeah, so the, the, the work ethics has, has nothing to do with their population. They have 
they just have a certain uh, historical and cultural uh, factors that um, because of which people work a lot working hard is considered um, to be the true virtue of a good worker and mm -hmm. so they take it to their heart so that's why they everybody shows that they're working very hard in fact japan i think is the only country where sleeping during work is is not considered wrong it just show, shows that you were working very hard so i think it's one of the very few countries in which if uh, your supervisor finds you you're, you're sleeping that means you worked so hard um, um and and their work ethics has more to do with the culture and historical you know uh, values than their their manpower and human resource issues one negative of course because of that as you mentioned is the social isolation they work a lot a lot of suicides um and um, that i think is one factor which might be an issue for people coming from our regions yeah good so so i think we talked about some important factors here about higher education so the university's qualities uh, university standards are very good uh, fees is very less scholarships available and uh, part time jobs are available so once a student graduates from masters degree what are the options he has uh, if he wants we to stay in japan there is a lot of options as i mentioned the population is decreasing it's going to be reduced to two third in the next uh, about uh, mm. 30 to 40 years so they know that it's an existential threat and okay. uh, the for example for the university of tokyo the placement rate is about 100% so for every one person you will get a job uh, and in fact the actual ratio if you include part time and full time jobs i think for every one person there are more jobs available okay. i Perfect. think this situation is uh, is very particular to Japan. I don't think there are any other countries also where there's, like, there's this uh, kind of an issue. Yeah, sorry. Um, so they want people to stay here. They want people to work here and to you know be become part of their society. Hmm. Thanks for updating that. And uh, are there any specific fields where people have more chances? But apparently, looks like all fields are are looking for people. For example, when we talk about Germany, for example, so IT and technical fields uh, is uh, is in demand. People are getting jobs easily. Are are uh, getting but for for example for specific fields like medicine or uh, uh, physics or uh, more with um, scientific fields or biological fields then it's difficult for the um, people to come here because they have already much people doing research in these fields so for japan everyone can come here or specific fields has more demand i think the trend is same all over the world it's not specific to japan I mean, I've stayed in Russia as well. I've, as you mentioned, I've stayed in US as well. Um, I think the trend is same. IT is a growing field all over the world. So uh, there are a lot more IT jobs in Japan as well. Um, Japan is basically a manufacturing hub. So they have the biggest companies like Sony and Toyota and Honda and uh, Nippon Oil, etc. Uh, so there are a lot of R&D jobs because every developed country invests a lot on research and development. So there are a lot of jobs for engineers. There are a lot of jobs for, uh, for for scientists, for PhDs, especially high skill labor, which which have degrees of PhD and masters. So that's one aspect. Um, but in general, I think uh, the situation is similar to to Germany because Germany is also a manufacturing hub. Uh, their uh, GDP is uh, a large proportion is on the manufacturing sector. Uh, their GDP, their economy is dependent on on, on their factories, on their manufacturing units. This is, the case is same in Japan as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So IT industry is the hottest field right now all over the world. It's the same in Japan as well. Perfect. So I think the then we 
for me we i learned a lot of new things i think the viewers also learned a lot of new things that there are a lot of opportunities for higher education in japan and there are a lot of expensive opportunities and there are a lot of opportunities for work there also we very briefly touched about the work culture also uh, let's talk about uh, in the end how the how are the japanese people uh, are they open to the foreigner uh, how is the relationship between the foreigners and the japanese people it difficult to get in contact with them get friendly with them how is how is your experience yeah that so that's an issue japanese people are very homogeneous as you know it's it's a bunch of islands and they were very disconnected from the rest of the world so their culture and their uh, the values are very particular to japan and uh, they the japanese people in general don't like foreigners that much okay. i mean they will there's no racism in that sense they never show it everybody is very courteous everybody is very nice very sweet but the foreigners would always remain foreigners even if they get a japanese passport um so so that's an issue they, i mean uh, japan from north to south is very homogeneous they have the same language same faces roughly speaking um so uh, but i think because of their population issue um they have started to accept that we will be seeing a lot of foreigners there are about uh, um 2.4 million foreigners about 2% of the japanese population are foreigners so that translates they have a population of 120 million so that uh, translates into about 240000 240, uh, 2 sorry 2.4 million so 2.4 million people are foreigners about from from those 2.4 million there are about um, 100 to 200000 muslims parts of the world so i think japanese in general are uh, i mean they are friendly to a certain degree but they will never cl- come close to a to a foreigners Okay, so that's difficult. Uh, okay. There's a lot of social isolation. I mean, if I compare it with other countries where I've stayed, people are much more friendly. In US, people are much more friendlier. Uh, in Russia, people are much more friendlier. Everybody knows each other mm-hmm. by the name. Um, but in Japan, I think even if somebody's sitting right next to you for three years, it's quite possible that you wouldn't even know his first name. I mean, it's quite. It means that socially they are not very integrated. They remain within themselves. Uh, so it's not yeah. about racism; it's about their culture, their behavior. So yeah. there's a question. Uh, I'm not sure if you know the answer about doctors. For medical doctors, uh, is this must be tough to to do some postdoc uh, studies there and licensing? Have you ever come across? Uh, yeah. 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 I I I know of one or two prof- uh, uh, MBBS doctors who are working there, but yes, it's very difficult. i think the case can be compared to again germany as well any non english speaking country you have to have a native level fluency in that language to be a doctor to treat a patient because to take these things i mean it should be taken very seriously health is very is is a very uh, sensitive topic in the sense that you're playing with people's lives so one thing which is absolutely certain is that the doctor or any mbbs who has done his mbbs from abroad i mean from outside japan if they mm-hmm. come to japan it's very difficult because of the language barrier because you don't it's not just about having conversation level japanese you have to be native level uh, you have to have a native level speaking ability to okay. be to be able to practice there so that's mm-hmm. an issue in any non english speaking country okay mm-hmm. so one very ba- basic question that always people ask is this, okay is ielts required for masters degree admission Yeah. So, yeah. So, for the international programs, the English-speaking programs, they do require TOEFL or IELTS. It depends on the university. 
there are certain universities which require GRE as well. Mm -hmm. So for the international programs, uh, which uh, which are special for foreigners, um, the admission process is different from uh, from an average Japanese. So in that case, yes, uh, IELTS or TOEFL is required. GRE is required in many cases. So it depends mm -hmm. on situation to situation, university to university, department to department. If the policies within the same university are different for each department. Uh, it depends on the program that you're applying to. Okay. So good. I think we, we covered almost uh, all of the topics regarding the admission to Germany. Uh, if there are any questions uh, uh, people can ask, we have last five minutes of the show. Uh, when we talk about um, the life in Germany, so uh, life in Japan, sorry. So if a student gets admission to Japan and now he's getting ready during the visa process, so what are the first things he should have in mind that he, sh he will have to adapt many lands in Japan? So, so I think, it, yeah, I think it depends on the country you're coming from. So if you're coming from, from Pakistan, you have to understand that we are in a Muslim country, we are in a conservative country, and you're moving on to a non-Muslim country where uh, there are a lot of cultural differences. Even though Japan is very conservative as compared to Europe, but um, I think uh, uh, there are certain cultural differences that one sees. One biggest factor or one biggest problem that I uh, came across and that every Muslim comes across is uh, the halal food issue. Uh, now in major cities like Tokyo, I think, um, wherever you are within a 10 15 minute radius there's going to be some restaurant claiming to be giving halal food okay. so i think in japan it's not that, uh, in tokyo it's not an issue because that's where i live but, in but some outside it might be an issue yes it's a, it's not might it's a major issue <laughs> <laughs> okay so fasila is saying that uh, he's my friend here in Germany from Erlangen, and he's saying, Assalamualaikum, I'm your student from Comsats. Sir Fahad is a great and friendly personality. Wish you a lot of further success. I'm, I'm Thank not you, sure. Fasi. you. Wish you all the best. So now you're speaking like a teacher. Yeah, I cannot imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, one last thing, actually, it's not uh, relevant to the topic, but it's important regarding the studies in Pakistan, for example. So we grew up together, we went uh, to the kindergarten together, to, to school together. Then we separated ways and you went to the A-level stream and I took the metric stream. Uh, we all know, okay, A-level stream is normally expensive, not many people can afford. For me, it was not the problem, but I chose metric stream because I knew that, okay, when someone does O and A-levels in Pakistan, uh, before getting to the bachelor's degree, he has to spend one extra year. And that happened, we ended up in the same university. I started one year earlier than you. So regarding the Pakistani, this system of A-level and metric stream, so doing A-level cost you one year, but on the other hand, there must be a lot of pros also. So what do you think uh, in this system? What are the pros and cons? Uh, because when you have to study in Pakistan, you lose in one year. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I think if you have to stay in Pakistan, then um, uh, it is not a major factor. You have to make that decision yourself whether you want to lose that one year. But but in return, I mean, I think the level of education, the style of education, the style of schooling uh, is way different from conventional uh, Pakistani educational system. So, I mean, if I have to make a decision today, I'm going to do it again. Uh, I think that one year, uh, I mean, that's one year loss, but you get, get to gain a lot of experiences. And the, the quality of, of education is important. Quality of education but is you mean that if the quality of education from the metric stream is also increased, 
then we don't need to spend one extra year because it's a waste of time to some extent like yeah, naturally like yeah naturally i mean if if it does happen then of course there's no point but as of now i think <laughs> i would prefer it for my kids now so our our childhood friend and i think he's now in where is he in uk khuram malik is yeah, in, uh, in, uh, from united kingdom he used to be in navy uh, he's still in navy i think he's doing this Okay. Okay. So I think yeah, it was nice uh, to have you here, and uh, really, we I think the viewers uh, got to know about the higher education system in Japan to some extent, about their culture, about their uh, population and human resource problem, and there is an opportunity for the foreigners to go to Japan. And uh, we briefly talked about. The, okay, we have a bit of a question here. Uh, so Arslan Ali is asking. does majority of people population understand speak english in tokyo i got an offer at sony japan in tokyo but i am confused to accept the offer so you can really help help him yeah so outside tokyo it's a lot of problem because not even no uh, name i mean uh, no play cards or no boards are in a, i mean all of them are in japanese outside in in rural japan in tokyo it's not a problem i mean a person like me who can't speak much japanese that's, that's not an issue you can you can you know make things happen although life is more difficult Uh, but uh, to answer this specific question the majority of population do not understand english especially uh, conversation level english i mean they can probably read or write but when you're talking to them it's very difficult for them so the majority even in tokyo do not understand uh, or speak english or no, are not very comfortable in speaking english so what are you suggesting as client should you accept the offer or not i think you should accept the offer as sony japan is a very good uh, platform to 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 work and uh, i mean every place has its pros and cons even in pakistan i mean if you can speak the same language but there are pros and cons so i think given a choice to live in tokyo uh, to experience tokyo i think it's very important sony is a very big name i think it's a very good offer he should definitely take it um, i think i should add one point that i was a i was a news announcer i i mean i worked for sony years as a news announcer in the state broadcasting corporation it's similar to PTV in Pakistan, we have PTV. There's BBC in England. Uh, so Japan has NHK. That's a state broadcaster. So I used to work in the um, Urdu department. I, 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 oh, I'm okay. Technically, the news. Oh, okay. So there's there is an Urdu service uh, by the state broadcaster, and it's aired on uh, radio frequency, even in Pakistan, India, or you can just go online and um, uh, hear the news in in Urdu about Japan from the state broadcaster. And this so you'll have some, yeah. So they have about eighteen different languages. One of them is Urdu, which is meant for people for Urdu-speaking people in Japan. Uh, many Indian and uh, of course, obviously Pakistanis uh, can speak. And uh, Bangladeshi, yeah. Tafan, many of them can speak. So they so they have this service in which you can hear. I mean, you can uh, tune into your radio and listen to your news in Urdu. Yes. So I think in the meanwhile, Arslan got his answer that. he can accept this offer so it's land good luck for you if you got the offer go to there and then uh me a, a sony television sony lcd send us send us a television as well <laughs> <laughs> okay so he's saying he has another question so we will take last few questions and then um we will not take much time of the viewers and also for you uh, so arslan is saying currently i am in europe did my phd from sony europe okay polytechnic you know this like uh, i think it looks like something italian name and then he says do you think it is better to stay in europe or should consider sony japan i think that's a decision that only you can take i i have no idea about what your life is what opportunities are there in europe as of now so i mean i can only talk about 
Sony Japan, I think Tokyo, I mean, if you've lived in Europe for so for a long time, you've done your PhD, you know the culture. If you're comfortable there, and uh, I mean, it depends on your on the purpose of your life, what you want to do in your future. I think that's a decision only you can take. What I can say is that Tokyo is a very happening city. Tokyo is the biggest cosmopolitan city in the world. Tokyo is the safest cosmopolitan in the world. So, I mean, I, I think I should mention this and we haven't talked about it. Tokyo and Japan is very, very, very safe. I mean, I can drop my iPhone in the middle of a crowded street and I can say with certainty that I'm going to get my new iPhone 11 back. This is not possible in the world. Anywhere in the world. I've lived in three countries. Uh, I tell you, this is not possible anywhere in the world. I mean, Germany is yeah. safe. There are many countries which are safe. But I think this kind of um, protection and this kind of uh, uh, values is only very particular to Japan. I mean, you can you can throw away one million yen in the middle of the street and chances are 90 percent, 95 percent that you're going to get it back. This does not happen anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Yes. So as you said, uh, for Arslan, he has to find, see about his opportunities himself. Some people will say Japan, some people will say Europe, uh, but only he can say. Only, uh, yeah, he, has, only he knows the situation. So he knows it's very situation. difficult for uh, anybody else to comment. Yes, it was really uh, great to have you on the show. And uh, we talked about a lot of things. And I think if some people want to still have asked some questions, they can write to me and I will forward to Fahad and Fahad will be happy to answer. Uh, one last question for, the, for you, I, I also ask for other people, uh, highly qualified people who, who do PhDs. Uh, what do you think about opportunities to moving back to Pakistan? And, and well, try to, you know, we, when we talk about this education system, but we need people like uh, educated people like you who go back and serve uh, the, or give the transfer the skill to the youngsters. Yeah, absolutely. Sharik, this is something which is very close to my heart, this topic. Um, uh, I genuinely believe that one can be much more constructive in your own country than you can ever be in, in any developed country. I mean, yes, I think you'll be making more money, I think four, five, six times more money in, in, in Japan or in any other developed country. But I think uh, it's life is not just about making money. It's about mm -hmm. giving back. As well. And if, if you can give back to your country, if you can contribute to its success, then I think that that should be the purpose of your life. And uh, making a bit more cash uh, is not the, should not be the ultimate goal of anyone's of anyone so i mean if you're a high skilled labor i think yes there is a, there are difficulties in pakistan we we all know it's a developing country uh, systems are not that intact not mature enough but i think it's people like us who have degrees who you know who have uh, learned skills who are high skilled labor should go back and try to find opportunities there mm -hmm. and try to contribute in their home country i think that is very important uh, and this is a subject that i'm very passionate about uh, mm -hmm. very emotional about i think people like us should should go back and should not be about making a thousand dollars more per month yes. it should be about contributing for you i think this is the crux of uh, the discussion and a very important message that you gave that in life everything is not about money and we have to contribute also and and of course i agree where the language and the culture uh, you are more productive with all of these things and of course um, so anyways thank you very much Fahad, for your time we had a wonderful show thank you very much for all the viewers and the questions and still you can ask us and i will try to reach Fahad. Uh, and it was a pleasure to have you on the show on the show and i'm sure it will be useful information that the recorded version can be seen by the prospective students who want to go to japan so thank you once again and thank you thank you Sharik. thank and, you for having me it was a pleasure
Yeah, it was a pleasure. Goodbye.